0: I used to kind of really like it when I was younger, but I think, I don't know, it's that whole thing I suppose we'll talk about, whether it's seen as being, I don't know, genre stuff. I mean, you, you're, yeah. you're a kind of fan of genre. I like
1: genre stuff, but like I was saying, I, I like genre stuff when it has like a kind of a grounding on earth, you know, like more like Philip K. Dick kind of sci-fi or something, or okay. like um, like if it is set in space, something that's pretty basic sci-fi, you know, stuff like maybe, you know, like... It's pretty much just westerns in space or something like that. You yeah, know, like yeah. I was always you yeah. I was always more uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. You know, I yeah, Never yeah, more yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Um, never really about the world building and the kind of the, the getting the. I, I'm not really the token or anything either. Like, I never clicked with Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, so I've never really been about this creating That's whole world's mythic. Because yeah. of course
0: Star Wars was a long, long time ago yeah. in a yeah, galaxy far, far, far away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a fairy tale, you know, that's the thing, you know, you just get that out of the way and then...
0: Okay, enough yeah. of this uh, yeah. jibber-jabber. Um, it is the third Scots Way Hey podcast, welcome once more. Um, I'm here with Chris Ward once again. Hello. And um, I hope you've uh, been enjoying these, we've been enjoying doing them, probably too much. Today we are going to do, this an Ian Banks special. Um, the reason being why not that's the reason being both of us are uh, big fans of banks yes Um, we are hoping to have because neither of us are particularly knowledgeable about Mr M Banks so we are hoping to have a phone call from uh, a man you may very well know as at Borgos McGraw on Twitter the greatest Twitter name I would suggest out there and he is going to be our uh, e m Banks sci-fi um, expert. But both Chris and I are uh, big fans of Banks. Um, what would you say? Normal? That's the wrong word. Mainstream? Um, mainstream even sounds a little bit, because it's not like the sci-fi
1: is niche, you know? He sells yeah. well even as a sci-fi author. Absolutely. So uh, the, real, well, the real world stuff.
0: It is interesting that he's it's decided to... Yeah. Do, maybe we should talk about this first. He's decided to do, or he had decided to split himself down the lines of... Ian Banks, for one better word, mainstream, and yeah. Ian M. Banks' sci-fi, because there is certainly in his mainstream a, a crossover.
1: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. I, I, it's weird, I can't even remember. I'm sure he's talked about this in interviews before as to why he did it. I think, like, was it just down to, like, the kind of snobbery in the crowd at the time, the, the kind of literary world? I'm sure he's talked about this in the past. I when think War it was probably a,
0: slightly a marketing thing that he thought, yeah. well, let's, you know, these are... I see these as separate, therefore I'm going to do them as being yeah. separate. But, you know, one initial doesn't particularly yeah. change, things.
1: Absolutely. Although it did uh, lead to, um, just in wider culture, that great joke in Hot Fuzz where you have the twins played by Bill Bailey and one's reading Ian Banks and the other's reading Ian M. Banks. Yes, absolutely. Right. So, if nothing else, I'm glad that it gave us that. <laughs> yeah, I you know. I, I. <laughs> because for that, I think that's reason enough, justification enough for the initial. So,
0: well, let's start at the very beginning, as they yeah. say. Um, Wasp Factory um, I can remember Wasp Factory I think came out the same year as um, Bus Dr Hines if not it was roughly think maybe so, a year's yeah. difference and both these books were hugely influential on me because one you had this um, a Glasgow depiction uh, which I had never really read before and suddenly uh, here's, here's something I recognise and then you had this absolutely nuts novel again set in Scotland and Actually, a very Scottish novel in terms of place and people involved. That um, oh, I mean, to say it split people is, uh, you know, an under-exaggeration. People either really, it was more than the marmite. People loved yeah. it or loathed it.
1: Well, he, he plays up to that even in the the subsequent editions. You know, after the first edition, the, the famously the the pool quotes on the front in the front few pages of the novel are uh, people slamming it. You know, like his uh, very yeah. very highly like angrily negative reactions from like the Daily Mail and stuff like you know, the stuff that would just be bread and butter at banks, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yes, I pissed off the Daily Mail. I'm well, this is when right, you started you know. to
0: realise the kind of character you were yeah. dealing with that you said, I'm going to put the worst reactions or, uh, to this novel and yeah. stick them on the cover and then people, I mean, it worked a treat, you Absolutely. know, what could possibly have been so disgusting? Did
1: it not get compared, or did, I don't know? Did he compare it himself? The kind of brouhaha that went up around it. I've, I know I've heard the comparison. I'm not sure if it was him or if it was other people putting words in his mouth or whatever. But the whole it came out around the whole time of the video nasties thing as well. You know, and there's that. Probably a little of, bit yeah, later, but yeah, the uh,
0: driller killer yeah, and uh, the last dead, house in the left,
1: evil yeah. dead. Yeah, so like that whole kind of early eighties wave of, and it kind of got not lumped in with them, but you know, it seemed like a similar kind of vibe in the culture. This whole impulse of this is shocking ban the ban this sick filth yeah. you know, that whole kind of
0: what's interesting is it got him the the, the reputation as a kind of horror writer which yeah. he absolutely isn't no um, so um, wh- when you first read Wasp Factory what were yeah. your kind of reactions well, it, to... it was
1: the first Banks that I ever read as well as I think it probably is for a lot of people mm. I was uh, in my last year of high school I think and I actually swapped a teacher swapped me I gave him the first series of Six Feet Under on DVD and he gave me a copy of The Wash Factory and uh, yeah it was the kind of thing where you know Banks has got such a reputation as a kind of culty author anyway mm-hmm. and um, it was it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting it to be you know I, I'm not really sure what I expected from it going in but it is it's bracing I think is the word for it when you go it's, in not really knowing what's
0: coming it's difficult to talk about um, without giving away the ending so yeah. I think you know God, does everyone know Worst Factory? I don't know. Well, yes. Well, uh, if I in you the don't spoiler
1: alert. Fast a couple exactly. of Yeah, Exactly. If
0: you don't want to know what happens in The Wasp Factory, tune away now for the next yeah. five minutes. Because what it does, in a serious uh, sense, deal with is the whole idea of nature and nurture and gender and Scottish stereotypes to femininity, masculinity, and all of those things, in a brilliantly subversive way. Um what you do find out is that the central character of Francis is actually Francis, and um, his father has pretended to keep his genitals yeah, in, a in a jar. Yeah, a jar,
1: yeah. Uh, Say so he was mutilated in an accident, was it a dog? The dog old Saul, yeah, Saul I think, yeah.
0: had uh, apparently bitten off uh, Francis' genitals, his booby, for want yeah. of a better word. Um, it's Frank. Uh, yes, yeah, it's Frank. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and Beans, yeah. um, when he was a kid, and then had, had brought him them, up so. as, a, as uh, a girl, and and um, he seemed to be constantly fighting this. Throughout the novel, there was this yeah. constant fight of how much he is struggling with his own individuality, and then the, the reader has to ask, how much is this down to this? odd social experiment yeah, by the
1: father very much so and then you've got the kind of the, the constant kind of influence of the brother as well who's escaped from yeah, 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 the middle you've got these two competing influences you know the father at home and the brother who's just this constant kind of threat on the horizon you know uh, who sets sheep on fire and that kind of thing mm. and um, all these kind of tales you know this, this kind of torn between it, you know the two poles of the, of them. This the, the kind of home influence, and then the more wild way. I know the brother's going wait to you know an institution, but it's still like on island life. You know, it's something more exotic and something kind of different and something outside the norm of you know what they're exposed to on a day to day basis. You know, he's like even before he's institutionalized, the brother. Has this reputation, you know, in in the town, or it's, is it? An, I can't even remember if it's an island or if it's just it an island. It's an it island, is. island. Yeah, has this kind of reputation on the island because he sets one of his true, yes, it, yeah, his cousins <laughs> off. Yeah, I think that's what stuck with me most. The first time I read it, actually, most of all was just how inventive the deaths were that he, he dreamt up for for various relatives, like how casual, yeah,
0: it was. you know, like, it's. I mean, we'll go on and talk about his other... Yeah. Regard, the whole list of the novels. But it's something that comes through is the way that it's there's a casual relationship to sh- the shocking and the violent. Yeah. Um, I think the one that really
1: got to me like, in terms of <laughs> this is... Horrendous! I should not be laughing at this. It was um, the kid with the stick and the, the unexploded bomb mm. in the sand from World War II. Got, it's a bell, go up and ring it. Yeah. You know, and you're like, Jesus Christ, of- I should not be like enjoying this as much as I should be. I feel like a terrible person for this, but it's hilarious.
0: Just to interject, we have had the first text from Bojos. Oh. He's hoping to join us on the phone some point later on. This could end up, as we said earlier on, waiting for Bob George McGraw yeah. the, the great lost Beckett uh, <laughs> novel um, he's he's obviously gone on to do this huge body of work um, but yeah what was fact he still has this hold on mm. people it still has uh, the, the, the scene that really, really uh, sticks with me is the babies in the hospital yeah there. there's now um, there, again I must get this right because my memory is not great but the there are these babies which are dead but they've been kept in the hospital and the cooling system has broken and it's midsummer and the brother was yep. down there and suddenly there are horrible things had happened to these boys. Maggots and flies. Maggots and, flies and, and flies and all of the and you yeah. just went well, what could it, one what a fantastically powerful image but what kind of man is this who is writing and what's interesting is we go on to find out that actually this is someone who's very um, principled very uh, moral and liberal but yet embraces this he almost forces you to look at the horror of life as well
1: yeah which is very interesting and it's the thing as well it's the whole kind of um, he is such a kind of genre hopper yeah he's never like confined it almost feels like every Book that he does is okay. I'm going to try this one now, you know. And uh, it feels like it's a very smart move to do something like, if you want to say, for want of a better word, horror to start with, because it is going to grab attention if you do horror mm-hmm. in a literary way or you deal with topics that would normally sure. be dealt with in kind of pulpier stuff in what's ostensibly a liter- or you know, a more um, highbrow kind of piece of work or something that's going to get reviewed in broadsheets and stuff like this and isn't just like a kind of another kind of piece of pulp.
0: But what's um, interesting was it was reviewed in the broadsheets and even when it got negative reviews for a first, for basically for a first-time writer to get, I, I mean, there must have been a hell of a, a publicity campaign behind yeah. that novel, they must have known they were on to a kind of winner with him as a writer. Um, I'd love to know what he had that he'd already shown them going, well, this is going to be Walking on Glass or here I have this from the bridge or whatever coming up because yeah. most people would have gone, it's a horror writer, it's Sean Hudson, or it's, you know, it, yeah. that's fine. But there was obviously, right from the beginning, something more going on than just willing to shock. And yeah. I think the final chapters in Moss Factory, where we, we, we start to realise that there's been this, I mean, it's a great twist. I mean, it's yeah. a Sixth Sense style twist.
1: Um, Except, you know, the rest of it is good when you go back and reread it. Yeah, when you go back and re-read it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. You go, it's actually enhanced when you go back yeah. and re-read it. It, it isn't entirely like, oh, dependent on the oh, twist. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so next he had Walking on Glass Um, I think I've only read that once in a long long time I think he's
1: underappreciated I mean I I would say this for a lot of bank stuff I think like even his kind of his lesser sung stuff I think has a lot of good stuff in it the only we'll, we'll get to it. the only one that I didn't really enjoy I didn't think worked even so in its own terms with A Song of Stone but we'll get to that oh in that's time. interesting because yeah. I like it oh yeah we, we can look forward to that further yeah. down the line but uh no Walking on Glass I think has um a lot of really smart stuff going on and um the way it kind of interweaves its three narratives and all the kind of—I mean, I as I was saying, I did um, banks for my undergrad dissertation at uni, so I was annotating as I was going. Yeah, I was sure. taking note of like recurring words and motifs and themes and things that cropped up in all three, you know, narratives. Mm-hmm. And the way they interweave and kind of the things that are implied about like the three, how the three are connected are really—I mean, I'm not sure I entirely figured it out, but um, I think it is. It's a puzzle book, you know, yes, it is one of absolutely. these ones, e- e- even book. more so than, like, The Bridge, which, um, obviously, was a great debt to Lanark and stuff like that, and, you, you know, there's still an element of gameplay in The Bridge mm-hmm. where he doesn't tell you the main character's name and he gives you clues towards, words and you have to try and figure it out yourself and things like that, but... Um,
0: to no, me, it was th- a very different... Um, I mean, I think, worst fact, in a sense, was writing uh, in a Scottish tradition, there's the whole thing about doubling and the, yeah. you know... um he, is that single character? Is it a split character? All of those things that you know we can go on uh, to a blue in the face. But Walking Glass seemed to me to be a very different thing as you, the, the player of games as he yeah. went on to be in one of the sci-fi novel. And um, my memory of it was I didn't love it. That's why I've never gone back and read it again. I think I'd be interested to go back and read it again yeah. to see to get you know to see what it gives up to me.
1: Yeah, there is some really good stuff anyway. Like, um, the the kind of revelation of Again, well, there's a twist in in the kind of most real world segment, or the one that's most identifiably Banks. I think in terms of what he would later go on to do. You know, the kind of young people in London, you know, yeah. very pop culture heavy referencing. Yeah, sure. and, um, all which this is kind of an another thing which he does, yeah. which is
0: interesting. Which uh, I'm going to say, I think there's influence. You know, for some people I, I obviously talk about Kelman and Banks together because two of my favourite writers. But the way that Kelman perhaps influenced language and everything. I think Banks was the one who said yes you can write about pop culture and it's not going to cheapen what you're doing
1: yeah oh absolutely Um, and there's some really great details about um, I mean again I don't don't know what our attitude is to spoilers with this but I suppose suppose, Walking on Glass isn't that well known but uh, in one of the narratives in Walking on Glass the protagonist is uh, in a relationship with this girl and she's very much like I think what's kind of come to be known as the manic pixie dream girl the kind who would be played by Zoe Deschanel if they made a film (laughs) adaptation yeah you know she's a wee bit quirky and she has her wee you know a wee bit childlike and a wee bit innocent and stuff and um they make a big deal out of like the moment he realised they loved her or one of the moments he realised they loved her was when um he tried yeah yeah absolutely there's a moment where he tried phoning her um, during a rainstorm or something, and she didn't pick up, and he asked her later why was it, and he said, "Oh, I got scared by the thunder and rain, so I was listening. To m- I was listening to my favorite David Bowie cassette on headphones under the sheets." And it turns out later on that uh, she's been completely playing him. She's in an incestuous relationship with her brother, and um, that I our recurring, theme. recurring theme, incest. Yes, yeah. um, and. It turns out that the, the latest David, the, like, her favorite David, David boys aren't is the Us dance, which was the latest one at the time. So yeah, it was true. just a case of using it to, you know, mm-hmm. to draw someone in. He's like didn't didn't care, you know. It's, I think that's a very kind of Ian Banks way of looking things. Like you can't trust a woman who doesn't who doesn't know David Boy, who doesn't <laughs> like David Boy. <Bowie. laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what kind of woman is this?
0: Just to use boy for evil, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, um, Again, I'm going to go back to our good friend uh, Borgos, who has tweeted in because we are uh, absolutely interactive here. And His best work, here we go, his best work is the sci-fi, and he's going to come on hopefully and and tell us why, but um, Walking on Glass, Transition and The Bridge-ish, he qualifies, he reckons are all sci-fi. And um, Sinclair McLeod has also tweeted in and gone, Ian M. -M Banks writes the most imaginative sci-fi without allowing the science to take over the fiction. An awesome imagination. But an awesome imagination, as we're talking about Walking on Glass, um that was shown. It doesn't matter whether it's sci-fi. It, I mean, again, I do wish I had the time to and, and the inclination to read the sci-fi. Um, there is probably prejudice on my part there. But then we come to The Bridge, which I think absolutely shows the imagination, perhaps, perhaps better than any other of his novels. I mean, I yeah. think it could be his you know, best, the best novel. I think um, I agree with that. I
1: think, um, the way I looked at it is I think the Crow is my favorite, but that's for very personal reasons. Yeah. But the bridge I think is, is one that holds up as, you know, a, a work in and of itself. That anyone could come to and see this is a major piece of work by a major writer. And, um, it's fascinating the way that it is so obviously indebted to Lanark and mm-hmm. he's openly admitted this is his response to Lanark but right. it's still so very much its own thing
0: and also um, has the character who I mean Banks writes in English yeah you know almost constantly but has the character of the the uh, barbarian the barbarian yeah. who is almost a uh, Replied now, that's an interesting point. I think it was written in you know, 86. When did um, Trainspotting come out? ninety So, I mean, it's 93, well, 93, before. 93, well before. So, that, it's yeah. really a response to Kelman, that could yeah. be the only person, I think. So, yeah. he's got this response to Grey, um, and it's kind of, I think, poking fun at the whole idea of writing a Scots dialect uh, in the Barbarian. I don't know what you think about it. I I don't know if he's poking fun
1: so much. I I like the... um, I mean, I think he definitely gets, like, comic mileage out of it. Yeah, yeah. The the whole kind of swords and sorcery genre stuff uh, in this very thick, you know, brogue. Mm. Um, But it's almost the fact that he's a Barbarian, you know, it's not an educated... Guy is a guy who has this familiar on his shoulder, yeah, basically yeah, guiding yeah. him through it. And the familiar and is very well-spotted, yeah. really
0: educated, and, and almost um, uh, exposes and exploits yeah. the barbarian uh, to do these yeah. things that he doesn't particularly want. To Absolutely, do. but he uh, social commentary touches. Social-
2: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Perish the thought in a Banks novel.
1: Yeah. He has a social point of view. Never, yeah. but um, no, I, I think what it is well, it's very much because it is obviously the story of a guy progressing from like working class you know west coast scottish life working his way east effectively yeah, you is. know to to the middle class as, as he goes right yeah it. almost right through yeah as as he becomes more socially mobile and works his way up through the classes through the class system becomes a lawyer goes to uni goes gets into law and kind of loses his way his way a bit um i think it's almost the contrary like the barbarian to me is because it's very clearly it's not just scottish it's glasswegian yes it is know, absolutely the dialect in it and so for me i don't know if i read it so much as uh, is taking the piss out of Kelman so much as this is... I don't think
0: it's taking the is, piss. I think yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, but I still think there is a mild kind of, um, elbowing of, uh, of what yeah. Kelman is. Uh, yeah, elbowing's the wrong word. I've been yeah. pushed at from over the, the mic here. But yeah. he is, uh, uh, commenting on it. I don't think it's taking the piss. Do you think? No, I don't, I don't think it's taking the piss.
1: That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's taking the piss. I think it's, um, I think he's definitely maybe using what Kelman started in obviously in a very different way from Kelman but it's almost like it's like there's the subconscious coming through you know it's this this is your roots talking but again the fact that it's a barbarian that he's put in is clearly like just representative of where the main character's mind is at that time you know he's you know the the Glaswegian accent or like to betray his roots is seen as you know kind of somehow lower class or something now it's his very refined patterns of speech and you know he's got his yeah. his good job and his uni friends and stuff and he's through in edinburgh and it's all very you know it's, it's middle class and he's kind of left those roots behind but that's kind of the roots that are always there that's who he is on some base level you know it's the barbarians the id coming yeah through. yeah
0: and yeah. if I think about the biography of Banks himself, he made the same journey, didn't he? He went coast to coast. Am I yeah. right about that? Did he start out west coast? Did he start out did I, I think so, yeah. I think you're right. I think he did, didn't yeah. he? When yeah. he was younger and yeah. then couldn't get any, again, yeah. couldn't get any further on east, the, yeah. underneath the, uh, the road bridge yeah. there. Um, I think everything is in the bridge. I mean, yeah. absolutely. You know, the, the, the playing of games stuff with different names, you know, you, you really have to know what your pop culture to yeah. work out what the guy's called, for instance. Yeah. Um, he references, abs- it's such a confident novel to say, I'm just going to throw in yeah. all these references to bands, all these references to other Scottish novels, and I don't really care whether you get them or yeah. not, and that's what I love about it. And actually, that's what I love about Banks as a writer. He He's a, he's a very successful writer, but he doesn't write for a uh, leadership I don't think I think he kind of writes for himself Yeah. and even later on when he gets accused of being this ranting political um, uh, his, the book's become mouthpiece for his political points of view I still think he's doing it to get it off his chest he's not doing it for anyone else Yeah. and that I think what works its way through the novels and probably why people like them all the more
1: yeah absolutely I, I would definitely agree with that I mean part of me kind of wonders how much I enjoy Banks because I feel so kind of sympathetic with his views, you know, and, and his yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of attitudes. And part of me wonders, like, right, if I was on the completely opposite side of the political spectrum from Banks, which I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. on the same side, um, how would I feel about these books? Like, is there, you know, part of me almost wonders, I mean, he's a very good writer, but part of me wonders, is there enough there to keep me interested in it if I'm just being ranted at by someone whose views are completely different from my own. And obviously that's not a problem I have because as I say
0: I, I'm fully on board with most uh, most of what Bank says. But, okay. Um, Do you think just to have a general jump ahead that the later stuff there's too much of that or it becomes too obvious? I mean there are huge sections we'll come to talk about the novel specifically <laughs> later which are obviously this is what I'm going to talk about yeah. and I'm going to just write it out as if I was spewing it out.
1: The only one I can really think of where you can see that would be Dead Air. And, okay. And then... Steve
0: Apoch I mean, to Garbadale.
1: Steve approach to Garbadale, I think, is, is there, but it's not necessarily as as prominent. I think Dead Air is definitely the one that his detractors would point at for that kind of stuff. Okay. But then... Then again, he might do himself.
0: I think yeah. that's the thing. He's very self-aware.
1: Yeah. Um... But I think, again, it's almost kind of justified because his main character is a shock jock, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in more senses than one, I suppose. Yeah. You know, um, he's he's almost kind of justified in doing that because even if the shock jock does share his views, you know, that's still his job is to rant for a yeah. living, you know, and get a reaction out of people. So it's almost... It's, it's a very smart way of doing it because it does kind of circumvent those complaints, you know, it's like, well, I might be ranting, but that's what this character would do. Sure. So there is a place for it in this novel. Okay. But I, I don't know. I think I mean. it's much more
0: su- In something like The Bridge, it's much more subtle because there's yeah. commentary on, as he starts to uh, make more money, as he starts to have more status, as these things start to bother him, he becomes increasingly unhappy. Yeah. And so it's a much subtler novel in that sense. Yeah. And also, you know, you, you're, you're, you were referring to as an homage to Lanark in yeah. terms of it's such a clever structure. Absolutely. Um, but he doesn't make a big play of it. In fact, even less than Lanark, he makes a big play. You know, yeah. Lanark, you can see it, it's set out. It's in the way the chapters are used. Yeah. It's all there. Um, but with with the bridge, not so much. So you really have to what You can take it on so many levels. Yeah. And, you know, with the structure of the bridge, you literally can take it on yeah. so many levels. It can just be a really enjoyable read. Or you can see, wow, what's he doing here? Um, why again? You've got this split between the real world and, I mean, it's a science fiction world yeah. in a sense. Um, but, but that's what I like. He doesn't. He doesn't shove that in your face. He doesn't just yeah. go. I'm really clever, I'm, and here's my cleverness yeah. on the page. I'm really glad that
1: of all the Banks novels, it was the Bridge that we were taught. You know, like on the, the kind of modern and Scot- the yeah. contemporary Scott, course, because um, to have somebody actually walk you through it and dissect the layers and just how much is going on. And even like on a kind of, I don't even know if you'd call it a typographical level, but just the way that the, the sections are laid out is in the structure of the bridge. The bridge, yeah. You know, the bridge itself, you know, where you have the start and the end the middle, you know, you have the Paleolithic and, you know, all the kind of different sections. I don't know if it's Paleolithic, but all the, you know, all the kind of geological terms that link it as well. And um, just to kind of, to, to labor upon, to excavate all of that yeah. stuff, you know, uh, from... From a button, dig it all out. Um one of my one of my own favourite details from it and one that kind of ties in with the way he really uses pop culture well and so it's not completely gratuitous and it actually says something about character and it, again is kind of is there if you want it, but he doesn't shove it in your face and yeah. then explain the meaning. Like the comparison I always used was in train spotting when uh <laughs> when Urban Welsh references there's a light that never goes out by the Smiths, he quotes uh an entire verse yeah. and then says Morris's sad words summed up Spud's feelings, or something yeah, like. You know, yeah, actually, just really like bluntly says it outright. Um, but with Banks, it's just kind of there. And the detail I love in the bridge is when it's talking about him kind of uh, progressively becoming more middle class and settling down in you know, after uni and becoming less political. How um, he was grateful for Punk, but he preferred Bruce Springsteen and yeah. Elvis Costello and the Pogues. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so he's still. He, he loves that something's happening. He loves that there's this kind of more radical political action going on. But at the end of the day, he's more comfortable with stuff. Yeah, exactly. A, a nice piece of melody. It's, yeah, it's, something it's, that you can play yeah. in his car. Exactly. Yeah, and it's guys who are it's it's bands who are still kind of political in a sense. You know, with yeah, Springsteen, yeah. Springsteen sticking up for the working man, and Costello with his you know uh, eventually you know. um, St- tramp the dirt down and stuff yes, like this. Absolutely. You know, go to that kind of stuff. And I'd, I actually don't know if I if he'd have written that. But the time that the bridge it, was written, I think it would be about the it same, it same time. Same so time, probably yeah.
0: maybe not. Yeah. But he had been. I mean, he came out of punk, Casella, yeah, came out of punk, punk himself. As well. really.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And just so just the, a detail like that. It's a man
0: growing, yeah. old in a kind of distasteful fashion. Probably not, but it's one that doesn't sit well with him. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's someone trying to hold on to the kind of yeah. vibrancy yeah, of youth and it's slowly being melted around the yeah. edges as as, as as life becomes a bit more comfortable. And I think it's obviously what Banks was thinking about himself because he wasn't young when he started writing these. No, no. Um, which, which is a good way to move on to Espadere Street because that is about the old rocker yeah. who has lived the life and now is looking back um, with some... Oh... Regrets. yeah again it's a novel I haven't read since I first read it back in 87 um probably I think probably one of his weaker novels I'm not a huge yeah. fan of it well I don't know again it might I be mean mystery. I think it's a bit of a fantasy figure it's like Banks if I wasn't a writer yeah. if I was a rocker would this be how I was and he's a man who likes his rock and roll yeah he likes his big rock bands um and for those of you who don't know, it ends up... It's a, it's a, a guy who... He lives in Ingham Street? It's St Vincent Street. St Vincent Street, is, and he lives in the um, old church. The old church You can absolutely... Yeah. Which I do enjoy. Yeah. You can specifically point out that this is where this guy lives. He, he He's drink- had enough money yeah. to buy a church in St Vincent Street. Yeah, he drinks in the Griffin. That's right, so he does, yeah. Yeah. Um... And then it kinda looks of flashbacks to his yeah. life and how he's got to this his life, life is wrong. So increasingly... he comes from
1: Fergusley Park in Paisley. That's right. And he's the ugly one. It's going, you know, he's a really weird, gangly figure. His name he gets called Weird. That's actually, right. weird. his name's yeah, Dan, yeah. Daniel Weir. So in the initial Weir D, you know, in the register. So he's weird. And uh, um not an attractive man. They make that abundantly clear. <laughs> abundantly a very a um... uh, really kind of grotesque figure. But you do
0: wonder what was going through bank's mind about himself at the yeah. time when he was uh, was writing this yeah book, which is actually quite depressing stuff yeah, it really is and i think people got yeah. not think of that about banks but you know a lot of it is there's a real anger yeah. and almost a kind of self-loathing about yeah, it yeah there is almost a self-loathing um, but with a sense of humor yeah well, you know with a kind of self-deprecating sense of humor.
1: absolutely yeah
0: um and espadier street seems to be it's it's a fantasy but one he won't let be fantastical it's like yeah if I was a rock star actually I'd be really depressed I would be successful but actually really depressed yeah I would find a way to mess it up Uh,
1: exactly yeah Um, I don't know again this might actually be the closest that I come with a Banks novel to what I was saying about how I would feel if I had completely opposite political leanings to banks because while I still really enjoy this but straight, the kind of music that uh is it Frozen Gold they're called the yes, band Frozen Gold right. the yeah. kind of music that Frozen Gold make is not my kind of rock it's very proggy it's, it's a it's prog very, it's, it's a, a prog band it and yeah. it's prog's like my one genre that I will not abide I read <laughs> a fantastic cannot. article about
0: New Prog the other yeah, day but we'll talk about <laughs> that's that's, fair. That's yeah another,
1: that's another <laughs> yeah, thing um so, yeah, it's not a world that I, I mean... But I
0: wonder if I, he deliberately picked Prague because yeah. Prague was very much off its time, yeah. it seemed to me, and it's all about scale. Yeah, Oh no, absolutely. It was a little bit fantasy yeah, and sci-fi and, and, you know... Oh,
1: no, I can see definitely thematically why he picked it, but it's just when, you know, you get all these claims to Genius because he's written a 16-minute song and stuff <laughs> like that. You're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. But, um, no, I mean, I still really enjoyed it, but, yeah, I maybe don't have that connection with it that I would with yeah the Crow Road say the Crow Road yeah no, let's talk about, about the, right the, crow on.
0: the Crow Road Road again mm-hmm. I said The Bridge is uh, his great novel but actually I agree with you I think well I'm going to make a claim for um, complicity as well but yeah. the the Crow Road he loves to do a family epic yeah um, he does deal with family seems to be hugely important to him and just to go back to the point I made at the beginning about how casual he can deal with violence of course the opening line the 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 day day my my grandmother grandmother exploded exploded, you know to do that as the opening line to a novel in that casual way yes it's a a tremendous moment but it's a great thing as well because he came and talked
1: uh, while we were you know looking at the books at uni he came and talked I think he came to talk about the bridge but he did talk about the Crow Road as well and uh, he was saying how he had that opening line and now was like, right, I have to dig myself out of this because it's such an attention-getter mm-hmm. and it can't just be a gimmick. You know, yeah. you have to be able to justify it and, you know, beyond that, obviously, it's, it's a great first line. I mean, there's no getting it. Right. It's just it's a fantastic way to start a book but he, the way that he then digs into it and reveals like just the real affection and love, you know, depicts the real affection and love that like Prentice has for his gran, you know, and the, the relationship that they have. I mean, I can't really think of any other are many other relationships in in Scottish literature like, like that between like a grandmother and a grandson, no, you know,
0: that have no, that kind of depth no, no. and warmth. You know you get like it's you, we were talking about film the last yeah. time, obviously, and the the bit in the Bill Douglas trilogy yeah. where he warms the grand's hand, it's done in yeah. it's done in one shot, but it's a similar thing. You very really get that generational uh jump. Uh, and what's also interesting about the bridge and, and not sorry about the Crow Road and um Uh, the family is which reasonably rare to Scottish literature is that it's a bang on middle class family and that's quite rare in itself yeah
1: landowners you know very much
0: hugely i mean yeah
1: very yeah very affluent you know and um it's almost it's not a fantasy world but it is when you say it is something completely alien to Scottish literature you know is uh for the most part is a and one that you kind of wonder like because banks is such i mean obviously he's probably one of the few remaining commercially successful authors, one, one of the few who can reliably make a living and a good living. And uh, mm, like uh, I wonder if he would you know, uh, even
0: question that these days. Yeah, there
1: you go. Um, off his work. Um, but because he has these kind of lefty ideals, like, you know, what's he doing with the, the kind of the upper middle class? Family? Is he critiquing that in some way? Or is it just that it's a good playground for him, you know, because you have all this intrigue and all the kind of the, the relationships and all the kind of... Um, but nearly, layers, um, oh,
0: perhaps not the Wasp Factory, but if you mm. think of, um, well, the character in the bridge, Alexander yeah. Lennox becomes very middle class. You've got the Crow Road, and then you've got complicity again yeah. in the central characters. And it kind of is one of the things that I'm going to say later on, but um, Banks is kind of outside a Scottish literary tradition, in a sense, because this is what he does. Yeah, um, And I think he influences the writers that come, in a sense... But then also they don't acknowledge that because they think, well, Banks, one, is hugely successful, he does the sci-fi, he is, for the whole, middle-class writer, and that kind of didn't fit well in the... I think now it would be much more acceptable yeah. to talk about it, but in the 90s, and maybe even the early 2000s, that kind of wasn't something that people spoke about.
1: Yeah. I think, what, I think what's interesting about The Crow as well is it makes a really good job for me of being a very Scottish novel but one that like I was saying I think in the film podcast as well is one of the things that I don't like about Scottish culture at large is when it makes a big deal out of Scottishness Mm -hmm. and is very it almost becomes parochial I think Banks really dances around that because um, again through the pop culture references there's a bit where all the kids are down the bar I think after the funeral and in the space of one conversation, they're getting references to talking heads, Tootie Fruity, mm-hmm. you know, Little Richards and stuff. Like this. And it's, it's great. It's always like, it's virtual. Yeah, John me. Burns, because the way they talk about it is like, um, is, well, they're talking about people were born in funny places. Pontius Pilate, you know, was that's in, right. you know, was, in Scotland, and then say, What about David Byrne was born in Dumbarton? and mm-hmm. say, What the guy who wrote Tootie Fruity? Well, that's John Byrne. It's like, mm-hmm. What Tootie Fruity? No, it was Little Richard. Yeah, it's like, No, the, the the TV show, and it goes through, you know. <laughs> it, it's virtu- I like I say, it's virtuosic the way that he weaves it all in. But again, it's this idea that it really, <laughs> really pisses me off when you read something in Scotland, they only ever refer to Scottish things, and all of these only think ever listen to like Scottish music or watch Scottish films
0: or anything like that, you know. Having recently read um, Alan. But it's Pac men mm-hmm. I think there's there's a writer who has taken influence from Kelman and the, that tradition, mm-hmm. um using Scots language, and uh, but has also obviously taken influence. I've not spoken to him about this, but yeah. influence from Banks because of he does reference things like, for instance, in Pac men he uh, they end up listing their favourite Manchester bands because they've been down to Manchester, yeah. and that sense of look, this is something that we're all interested in as well, which you never get in many... You, you didn't get in kind of pre transporting Scottish fiction on the yeah. whole, apart from, in, apart from in Banks himself. Yeah. Um, and in uh, The Crow Road, the familial relationships are just wonderfully um, complex and, uh, and, and the way they're resolved as well. Yeah. Uh, particularly the... For me, the central one between Prentice and his and his, uh, his father,
1: yeah, uh, Kenneth MacConaughey's one of the great characters in Banks. You know, I think he's just, oh, like, uh, an unambiguously good man. Yeah, you know, I mean, but not in a kind of a, a dull way or a kind of a, um, you know, or in a kind of sanctimonious way. Just a genuinely good person. Yeah, and portrayed with kind of such warmth and such kind of love. You know, and you I, can, to me, he's the good? person
0: that Banks. Wants to be. Yeah, that's, I think that's you know, right. it's a breakout character because here he is. It's going like this. This is a good man, yeah. and of course, it touches on one of the other um, Banks tropes, which is religion. Whereas you know, he is not. He is absolutely yeah. anti-organized religion. When we come to talk about wit, you'll see that more yeah. than anything else. Um, but that's the thing, you know. The the the, the father uh, can't deal that his son is finding, believe, starting to believe in a religious figure. And yeah. that's the only thing I think Kent McCone's a great character. But even then, he can't let it go. He can't say, well, you sign if you want to go on and believe that, you go your own way yeah. and do it. He still has to constantly... Um, undermine him maybe that's the wrong word but get at him yeah. about it how can you we haven't talked you up to, to think this yeah, way it always becomes like a competition between them yeah.
1: because he he acknowledges like how smart his son is and obviously he's a very smart man as well and it almost becomes like a sport between them or something and of course uh, he makes a memorable exit cursing the heavens
0: yeah he does um, absolutely
1: but i I think like as well as like that kind of relationship between Prentice and his dad, I think the relationship between Prentice and his friends i ca- i mean I we've said in previous podcasts how like Prentice is an annoying character, but I still think that. It's one of the best depictions of young people in Scotland, yeah. in Scottish literature as well. The Crow Road, like the way that people interact with their friends and stuff, and that it's very unforced, and it's very, like, the conversations are very,
0: mm-hmm. they, they feel real, you know. Yeah. And not but as, I think Banks does that. I mean, you can get characters and conversations, absolutely. In fact, I think it's one of the things that makes him such a great writer, is because you believe that they're going to say these things. Yeah. And talk about See, these things, as you yeah. say, you know, cross-referencing. Sometimes you've got to be really concentrate to work out just who's saying who. But that yeah. absolutely works. Which brings me to the point of Prentice because Prentice is a pain in the ass for the majority of the novel. He is. But then when you think about it, who isn't when they're exactly. in the Exactly. You know.
1: Yeah. Um. It's very. It's. It is very much a character. It's Kevin, the teenager, like, almost. Yeah. Isn't it? it has sense. But it is it's that whole thing of like, oh my god, I have just discovered this. I
0: yeah. think. I'm hoping we have Bodjaws on the phone. Hello. We're going to ask you, Alex, to give us a little bit of insight into Banks' sci-fi. What's oh. your, just things like what's your favourite, why you think he's a great sci-fi writer, all of that kind of stuff.
2: Well, I'm actually quite conflicted about Ian Banks. I've been thinking um, through the day about uh, where I place him as a writer. And I think he's a really, I don't know if you said this already, I, I, I find him quite an uneven an writer.
0: Okay. Um,
2: He's capable of absolute brilliance and um, complete tripe. And I think his, his sci-fi's like that as well, actually. But I think his best books, or his, his most um, interesting books, are definitely the ones with a sci-fi bent. Uh, although they're not all Ian M. Banks books. I mean, that's obviously a completely artificial... And that's something
0: it. that we met, we did mention that you had uh, tweeted in that. and uh, And we agree with you, absolutely, that certainly Transition and uh, Walking on Glass uh, in particular are, are sci-fi, really, aren't they?
2: Oh, there's no question. I mean, Walking on Glass is sci-fi. I mean, there's no other uh, box you can put on it. Um, transition, I think, is one of his best books, actually. It's, um, after quite a fallow period, I, I thought that...
0: Um, yeah, I would tend to agree with you. I think that's right.
2: Um, I think the Transition suddenly becomes very exciting. I guess it's a bit like, um, if you haven't read it, it's a bit like um, Inception. Oh yes, sort of. You know, it's, it's people diving in and out of other people's consciousness, and um, yeah, I, I think that that's probably one of his best. But I, I also think his it, it, it's sci-fi gives him um, an excuse to be even more political than he has been than he is in his um, his normal books. I think it's uh, use of weapons is the one that's... Oh no, sorry. *Look to Windward* is the one that's dedicated to the uh, the Gulf War veterans, right? Um, and I mean, quite a lot of the books. I mean, you know, the sort of the key. Uh, well, not all of the sci-fi books, feature the, the culture, you know, a sort of... Um, yes, yes. Um, all-powerful, ultra-democratic, um, probably slightly boring <laughs> uh, society. And, and that's the other thing, I can't work out whether, because, he, you know, he's created these um, ultra-evolved uh, people where death doesn't matter anymore, you can change your sex, how you look, um, commit murder, uh, you know, money doesn't exist. So it's both uh, a society of absolute opportunity and, and complete boredom. Yeah you can do everything. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, and, and if everything is allowed, why? what's the point, in a sense?
2: Yeah, and a lot of the... I mean, you've got a special... I think it's SC, the Special Circumstances branch of the of, of the culture, which is basically, uh, um, I guess, like the CIA or something like that. You know, they're interfering in people's cultures constantly. Um, and to winwards all about getting involved in um, other people's uh, cultures and then making terrible, terrible mistakes. Uh, and the consequences of that... And he's obviously... Trying to, I mean, I think that was written in, I'm not entirely sure when that was published, but I mean, it's obviously written with um, the Gulf War in mind. And, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I guess that's So why do you think he uh, does, we were talking earlier on about the split between the M and Ian Banks himself, do you think it was purely for public, you know, money purposes?
2: Well, I, I I half remember reading or um, somebody told me once that it wasn't a publisher thing and not a decision on 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 his part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also probably because um, I guess sci-fi geeks don't tend to, you know, you've got all the Dan Simmons and uh, oh god, I, I, I've kept my mind temporarily gone blank of uh, um, you know loads and loads of big sci-fi yeah. trilogies and and and. Uh, massive space opera sagas that people go into to buy and I don't know that um, I, I mean, it's maybe just yeah a, a sort of cynical thing to um, demarcate his um, his sci-fi novels but um, I mean he's not he's not two different people it's the same author writing yeah. each time so it's no it's no real great surprise that, that,
0: that... I wonder if he did have a point because I mean Chris and I are sitting here both saying um, we have hardly read I mean I've read a few of his sci-fi novels not many Player of Games Fearsome Engine um, Chris hasn't read any and we're supposed to know what we're talking about in terms of banks so maybe he was right to do it
2: well I mean I think I, I mean I, I, I struggle to think I mean there's a lot of the non-fiction books I've read non, non-sci-fi <laughs> that's, that's ironic um, I, I've read most of them and I think there's an awful lot of them that aren't, aren't I good actually
0: I okay. mean,
2: a lot of them are just sort of taking one idea and running with it uh, Song of Stone you know great write in the second person uh, it's, not a particular, it's not a particularly good story, I don't think. Okay. Uh, the Bridge, I liked The Bridge. Good. Uh, and then I read Lanark and I thought, well,
0: <laughs> this is much better.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's much better. Um, Canal Dreams is. Probably one of the worst
0: books I've ever read. Ah, interesting. Uh,
2: Well, it's just an airport thriller, isn't it?
0: I don't know whether this was deliberate or not, but I've actually left it off my list of his bibliography. So maybe that reflects how I feel about it as well. I do agree, it's not a good novel. it's dreadful. And he's not very
2: good at writing women either. You know, if I remember rightly, it's a
0: violinist. It is a cellist, perhaps, yeah. Yeah,
2: Something like that, anyway. um, It's just not very good. (laughs) Um... And then there's
0: the the and, and the, the business is the other one with it. We, we, we haven't really spoken about gender, but the business is the other one where he writes a female character, a female Ooh. heroine, if you like. Um, well, I mean, he
2: writes. He, he does write. He writes lots of female characters in the sci-fi.
0: Um, but well, if, or if, if, kind of if, objectifying them.
2: I mean, he, he also wrote. Uh, I mean, Player Games. You know, he's got this 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 idea of um, the 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 race with the the sort of intermediate the, the three different genders: male, female, and then uh, apex. I think that's so. right. Yeah way it goes for. Um, but I, mean, I don't know that he especially deals well with, with gender, but I mean he, he, he deals at his best, I think, with having lots of different ideas going on at the same time, and then these big um, big stories with lots of different threads that come together at the end in some sort of a,
0: a denouement. Well, we were just talking about The Crow Road, which is kind of the big family epic, yeah. uh, which he kind of, you know, revisits with the steeper Puts, the Garberdale, I would suggest, but... Um, that's where you have these different strands coming together, I think, successfully.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's also a couple of the, the, the sci-fi ones, which I mean, accession, which is just just hilarious. But I mean, nothing really happens in that. Um, I mean, basically, this, this this artifact appears in space, uh, disappears, and then reappears again um, two and a half thousand years later, and, and doesn't do a great deal, and everybody <laughs> panics. And um, I mean, he's got a lot of. I mean, I, I don't even know that it's especially original sci-fi. It's just that he's a very, he's a very good writer for big ideas and um, clear pictures. So when he's, you know, he talks about uh, sort of, um, oh god, they're, they're, they're in the gas giant and then in, investigating these um, great big floating creatures in the in the atmosphere of the, the gas giant, and it's really, really well drawn. Uh, but it, it, it's really the characters that do it. I mean yeah. the, the, the spaceships all, all have these. Uh, their minds, they've got personalities and they're not written as machines at all and uh, a lot of the, the best characters in the books are these little these little drones. Um, so everything's got a got a personality and a, and a, and a, and a spin on things.
0: Um, we I were think just saying... A, with I, it,
2: I suspect he has more fun writing sci-fi than he does.
0: Yeah, I think that you might be right about that because we were just saying that a lot of the novels are... The main characters are fairly depressed by the end of them or even at the beginning of them sometimes.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, there's...
0: I say the main novels. That's awful. You know what I mean. The mainstream novels, if you want to call them that.
2: Well, a lot of them are quite, quite, you know, <laughs> fairly, fairly mainstream. I mean, complicity's uh, basically just, a, just a It's a whodunit, thriller, really. Yeah, uh, a very good one, I think. But,
0: yes, I think it is.
2: Um, An Street, which I, I really like, but I don't know if I would like it if I didn't know Scotland and Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's. I mean, he just likes his characters. I mean, and all the, and all the sci-fi is very. Um, Usually very character-driven. Um, Face of is a really good book, actually. Really. Yes, I think that's, it is. It's one I had to have somebody stole my copy of it. Uh, <laughs> but it's, that's, that, from what I remember of it, that's absolutely
0: brilliant. But um, I think what you're saying is interesting, both the sci-fi and the mainstream, in that when he gets the central character right, as he does in, say, The Crow Road or The Bridge, yeah, um, it works. And if he doesn't, in terms of, I think you're right... Um, the, oh, God, what's it called? The Canal Dreams, is that right? Oh, it's dreadful. And, <laughs> and the business, the central... You really don't care. Yeah. And I don't think that's just because of the women. I don't think that's it at all. I mean, I think perhaps the Streep accroats to Garberdale. You don't particularly care either at the end. Well, I
2: mean, he's, what has he published? He's 25
0: novels? Oh, crikey, that. yeah, I mean, if not more. Um,
2: and then he's got that um, Raw Spirit book on whiskey, which isn't about whiskey at all. It's about Ian Banks and Land Rover's.
0: <laughs> and whiskey, obviously.
2: Uh, not really. Okay. I mean, it's, it, it, it's very. I mean, if you read it, there's a lot about the war, a lot about how he's, you know, he's getting rid of his passport, how much he likes his cars, and, um, and and actually, a lot of the book is him saying, "Well, the publishers have given me this money to write about whiskey, and so I'm going to write about whiskey." But in the meantime, I'm going to tell you all about me. me, me,
0: me. <laughs> Do you think uh, that's what his fiction is? All about me, me, me?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's politics, as sort of written large in his, in his
0: fiction I suppose and, yeah we well, were um, talking about that as well and, and that seems to be increasingly the case perhaps as uh, time has gone on yeah and, 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 and
2: certainly there's a lot I mean the, the politics and the sci-fi
0: is definitely there um, I mean what are the last that's not that's not a bad thing perhaps you know no bad thing to have a, a, a politically uh, uh, aware writer who no, doesn't no, just no. say, I mean, well, you know, let's get smashed because uh, what, we can't change anything anyway. I mean, it was quite, certainly in the 90s, I think that was quite refreshing about banks.
2: Yeah. I think, I think his politics are generally, well, pretty good as they go. <laughs> um, not, not to nail my flags for the master of yeah. I mean, it, but apart from the, the, the cutting up his passport, which I just think is uh, kind of ridiculous and petulant, really, That uh, as if Tony Blair's going to care. And then presumably he had to, when he decided he was going to go overseas again, he had to, you know, sort of say, oh, can I have another passport, please?
0: I think he would probably admit that was a fairly um, pathetic gesture too. But
2: I, I mean, I think, I think you're missing out. If you haven't read the sci-fi, you're missing out. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that you, you could, I mean, it, I think it's all, it's all one and the same in a lot of ways. Um,
0: so you couldn't give us one, uh, if we were to go and get one Ian Bank sci-fi novel, what would you suggest? Um, I think the one that's probably most people's favourite is Player
2: of Games. Okay. Um, which somebody told me once they thought it was about the writing process. I'm not. I'm not sure it is, but that's that's probably the most um, accessible, and it and it's definitely very accomplished. But I I, I really liked um, Fearsome Engine, uh, but probably I would actually probably say not even an M. M. Banks book. I would say Transition.
0: Brilliant. Fantastic. I,
2: mean, I, I, I thought that was an absolutely uh, excellent book. I agree
0: with you. I think it was his best thing he'd done for a long time.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and, but I, I mean I think you really need to read all of the books um together as one, you know, dipping and out of Ian M Banks and um and, and the Ian, uh, Ian Banks stuff. I mean Accession is really good fun. I mean that that's kind of a comedy as much as anything else. Um and it's largely these um these ships that, that all have um really ridiculous names. Uh just trying to find them. There's uh, ah no, I can't even find them in the book just now. There's <laughs> lots of the ships have absolutely ridiculously long names, and um, yeah, we've got one ship called Killing Time. Shoot them later. There's another one called Meat Fucker, I think. Uh, <laughs> appeal to reason, Fate amenable to change. Uh, yeah, there's all these the, 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 jaundiced outlook. Is one of the oh
0: types. well, absolutely
2: um, attitude adjuster. Um, along with. Yeah, it, it, that's a, that's a really good fun book, but I mean again, not a lot happens. Um, Look, to Wind Windward* is 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 really quite good. Um, Consider Flavus which I think is the first one he wrote. Um, is again is again quite good. But I mean, I think I think the, the the sci-fi is probably at its best again when there's an element of fun in there, and it's yeah. not just totally totally dark.
0: Well, we're going to go on to talk about *A, a Song of Stone* in a minute, so. Um, be interesting yeah, to see what great. we're talking about. It's fun, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's when he really was at his lowest uh, point. But listen, thanks for uh, phoning up and giving us your uh, great opinion. You can go back to your. <laughs> yeah, can I just? add, I haven't read any of these books.
2: Life, <laughs> so I know I've given it, told them all. I'm glad well, you guys have not read them, otherwise I would have been like, uh, "Oh yeah, that guy in that book uh, when he
0: did that thing." <laughs> okay. cheers. We'll let you get back to your fatherly duties. Uh, I will do it. See thanks. you soon, Alex. Cheers. Thanks cheers yeah fantastic Alex Scroggie otherwise known as Bodjos McGraw on Twitter follow him he is always good fun and um, and I'm glad he came on because he could actually tell us something about the sci-fi um, we had been talking about uh, Crow Road yes yeah, debating the merits or otherwise of uh, Prentice McCone we'll just round off by saying well um it's actually quite brave to have a central character who, for a lot of the book, is you know fairly annoying, and you think yeah. you know give yourself a shake, and, and that's what everyone is telling him to yeah. do. And it actually takes a little bit dubious about the ending because it, it all kind of the change between oh my father's dead and yeah. oh actually he was right all along, and everything seems a little bit neat. Yeah. To put it that way.
1: Um, but I think what it is I think one of the great things it grabs is that is exactly how people are at that age when they're going through uni you know when they come across like philosophy and stuff for the first time and think they're the first person ever to discover it and the first person to ever have that kind of thought and they're like, Why doesn't the world work like this? And it's like, well, it 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 doesn't. There are reasons for that and you'll find that as the years go by, you know. But it's very much it's that is a book kind of key to that kind of mindset and I can't think of a better more comforting book actually to read when you are that age. When you are at the right. cusp point in your late teens, early twenties, it's a it's a great book to give to someone of that age and say, kind of everything's going to be all right. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, it's that's a, a good very point. it's a very good kind of. I don't even want to say comfort read because that almost demeans it. You know, no, that makes no. it seem like it's just. It's kind a positive, of, it's mindless yeah, novel it's in the end, book, yeah.
0: Which is interesting because then we come to complicity. Yeah. Which ain't a positive note. It's a
1: negation of
0: everything. I it is. Say. Um, I mean, um, Alex uh, on the phone there, but Complicity being a thriller, and it is definitely a thriller, and it has got some of the most um, interesting and... Uh, Uh, of deaths that you could imagine in in fiction. Um, Everyone, it's almost, it's Old Testament in its fury, isn't it? I think it's probably the
1: book in his bibliography that you could tie in most to The Wasp Factory because it's very ornate, almost kind of Jacobean kind of deaths, Mm. you know, um, this kind of, you know, very complicated. It's more like, it's not so much like the deaths of the relatives in The Wasp Factory so much as the deaths of the wasps themselves in The Wasp Factory. It's like the politicians that are killed like the Tory politicians, as you point out, who are killed in complicity, are uh, are almost like the wasps in the you know, the wasp factory itself, like the actual machine, you know, is is very much it's the most grotesque It's like it's torture porn before, you know, like a decade and a half before that became a big thing, you know?
0: This is Banks uh, reaction to a further four years of Tory rule as there was yeah. it at the time. And he is desperately not he's, but he's not even angry well he is angry but he is exasperated I mean it is um, gosh it's almost like something that Kafka would write I mean in, yeah. in, in a sense this this central character who uh, is slightly ambivalent and indeed becomes uh, under suspicion for committing these murders yeah. and uh, again depressed Um we, there's family problems, go back to, it. again, things that happen in childhood often are a huge uh, catalyst in the Banks novels for things that will, for, for the character that happens later on. Yeah. Again, nature versus nurture. Is it is it this horrible conservative state that has produced yeah. this character or is it something that happened in his childhood? And he doesn't give you easy answers. No. I don't think.
1: No, I don't think so either. Um, it's kind of interesting though as well, just going back to the whole kind of class issue as well, just how, Resolutely kind of middle class that he is, and you know, he's this kind of Cameron Cameron, Coley, yeah, Yeah. Cameron Coley, yeah. The um, you know, the 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 the, of all the drugs that he could be on, of course, he's on coke, yeah, you know, that kind of thing, of course. And then, um, you know, even talking about like the kind of the the kind of sadomasochistic sex stuff that goes on, you know, it's always like kind of satin sheets and stuff like this it's yeah, always very it's, it's like, absolutely, it's, it's, it's like it's very, it's very luxurious and it's decadence you know it's very if, if that's not a redundant thing to say it's luxurious and it's decadence you know what I mean it's very like it's a decadent life that he has it might be kind of a despairing and a kind of um, like you know very despairing and very kind of despondent but uh, at the same time he's, he's not going quietly <laughs> not going gently you into that good night
0: What's interesting, Um, When you compare banks, say, to particularly the was known as the chemical generation, um, you know, everyone was taking uh, drugs, listening to music, getting smashed, having lots of sex. That all happens in banks now. Absolutely. It's just, it's in a different part of town. Yeah. And it's uh, what Welsh uh, in particular was saying, for a lot of people this wasn't a choice, it was to... uh, negate their surroundings and to, you know, drop out if you like. He's not Banks isn't saying that. It is absolutely a choice. And again it's to get you to to, to to um numb the political situation. But then the political situation eventually, the political situation eventually has to be confronted and it's confronted in the most violent and horrific manner. Yeah. I uh I I think Complicity is a tremendous read. I I love it. Just because it's someone spewing hatred in a situation. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're supposed to say, look at these um, murders, aren't they awful? It's almost reveling in them. It's going, these people deserved it.
1: Yeah, oh no, absolutely it is. I think in a way it's almost as most uh, Stevensonian book. Mm. I think, you know, there's a clear kind of, obviously in the doubling, but I think it's a very, the, the fact that, Cameron's under suspicion as well for the murders is very kind of Jekyll and Hyde a little yeah, bit and um, even a touch of like the Master of Ballantree about it as yeah, well. yeah 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 that that's the yeah. one I thought of Master of yeah. Ballantree
0: but yeah absolutely there's a Jekyll and yeah
1: And then the eventual revelation of, you know, like the friendship and stuff like this between himself and the actual killer um, that goes back a ways, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, all this deep-rooted stuff. But I think just in terms of the pace and the kind of the senses, it's not quite a state-of-the-nation novel, but it's very much attuned to, like, what's going on at the time. And one
0: hand, it is a thriller, and another, it's it's saying, you know, for goodness sake, get out there and get angry about things, because this is not... uh this Again, you can kind of well, you could,
1: you could tie it back to the Wash Factory, like I said, but you could also probably tie it forward to Dead Air.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, just in.
0: I think you could tie it forward to A Song of Stone, which we'll be talking about as well. Oh, really? Okay. Which, well. I believe, took. Now, Whit came next in five? Yeah. But I think, if I remember correctly, A Song of Stone was actually written round about the time of the Crow Road, or maybe. Okay. Certainly, certainly, I think it was written before, but it didn't get published till later. I could be incorrect about that. Yeah. But I. I the reason I'm going to talk about that Song of Stone first is because that is another bleak yeah. uh, commentary on not just it's not commentary in Scotland it's not really human nature yeah um, it's again you could say it's a sci well it's a, is it a sci-fi novel as such or a I would say if it was
1: either it's probably more fantasy than fantasy, sci-fi fantasy yeah I would yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah, in that, in the kind of again it's not quite like Dungeons and Dragons Swords and Sorcery kind of stuff but it's
0: but it's set it's, in a kind of mid-European yeah. Uh, there's a war going on, yeah. it's reduced people to their most base. Um a lot of the soldiers are known simply by single names. Yeah. Um you have this it's interesting what Alex said about um his writing of women because in the um song of stone you have this character of the now what rank is she lieutenant
1: i can't remember
0: uh, anyway she's in, in charge of these body of men who are soldiers yeah. and she's absolutely fetishized within an inch of her life yeah. you know it's like calm down Ian. Yeah. Uh, a, and then you also have this um a relationship between brother and sister incestuous yeah. brother and sister that's again gloried in, in, a sense. I mean, it's certainly yeah. objectified. Um, and the, the female... The sister never actually speaks, I don't think. And it's yeah. all through this narrator who's watching this happen. Yeah. And then the um, sister gets together with the... Uh, I'm going to say lieutenant. I might be wrong about that. I would have to go and check. Uh, and he says, oh, I wish I could join you. And, it, and it's in a world which is falling apart. I mean, a really brutal world. And here you have yeah. these... Uh, almost not royal exactly but they're certainly upper class aristocratic chari- aristocratic yeah, yeah characters who have become embroiled in this and it's if like well we're allowed like he said we're allowed to do anything so let's just do everything
1: yeah I don't know I mean I can kind of admire the intentions behind it and I admire that he's trying to break out of his comfort zone and do something new but I think A Song of Stone is a book that takes him too far out of his comfort zone uh, in style if not in content I think that um, the whole kind of the language like like Alex said it says second person and I think that is a style that doesn't suit him I don't think I think the fact that I think think that that he's in an environment where he can't use his standard tics he can't use his, his pop culture references he can't use real world politics you know although there's a, you know, oblique commentary on real world yeah, politics yeah, he can yeah. make direct reference to it he doesn't have the crutches that he's used to which you know and you might say that's a good thing because it pushes him out his comfort zone gets him to try something new but I'm, do you think I'm a stronger reminded... publisher
0: would have said the same yeah the same I think
1: so and I think again like, like Alex said I don't think that The story is there to hold it together. I mean, obviously, story is not necessarily the most important thing in a book or plot, and you can have a good, but I mean, talking about Kelman, you know, you you can have a great book that doesn't have like a strong driving forward plot, but I think A Song of Stone, there just wasn't anything about it that grabbed me. It kind of reminds me of there's a, I think it's Tarkovsky, I think it's it's definitely a Russian,
2: (laughs) but (laughs) it's it's
1: definitely Russian, but there's a line where he says, there's no such thing as, an... I'm paraphrasing, but there's no such thing as an experimental film. A, a film either succeeds or it doesn't. Yeah, yeah and that, I kind uh, of, I kind of feel like that about A Song of Stone. You know, Ian Banks yeah, yeah, there's no such thing, as... Like, yeah, it's the kind of thing people might say well, it's an experimental <laughs> novel, and he's trying something new. It's like, yeah, well, that's great, but I don't think it succeeds. As a I
0: novel. like it because. I don't think it succeeds. I think that tells us a lot about the writer but then yeah. that's looking at someone who is looking at banks not just for reasons of re- his reading. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with it but I think the characters that... The, the attempt is, is is an interesting attempt yeah. and I'm glad it's been published because um, I would love to know. I mean, I, I've got this horrible thing not horrible, I've got this thing in my mind that it was originally going to be a section of Crew Road or something like that. It was right. going to be something that's maybe the book that uh, I think you're right uh, that a uh, Kenneth yeah King? I know Rory Rory had written yeah, Rory, I it think was. you're right I think
1: I remember the reading that it, was good and oh, then yeah. it
0: became bigger and bigger yeah. and kind of too dystopian and thought well it's yeah. not going to fit in the crew road and then that's why I think it would come round about yeah. the time of complicity um, and again it's almost a man at the end of his yeah. tether
1: I mean I'm glad to have read it and it does have, for all it's faults it does have that really memorable final image of her spread across the, the mouth of the cannon yeah you know, oh but, no! No, um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, no. For me, it's his uh, his. It's least, again, it's really visceral. Yeah, yeah mean, oh, absolutely. And, yeah,
0: um, and I think it's it's quite an honest novel, and I think perhaps Banks sometimes holds back, and he didn't, and then you think, well, maybe it's a good thing that he holds back. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't.
1: Um, I, I would say that out of all of his non M. Mm-hmm. Books, well, obviously because I haven't read anything ones <laughs> But out of all of the Ian Banks books that I've read, uh, Storm of Storm is my least favorite. Uh, I would even agree more, with even more than Canal Dreams. I would, I say would agree because Alex, but Canal yeah. Dreams, I think
0: Canal Dreams is a poor book. Uh, it's it. I don't think it does anyone any favors. And it's interesting. I didn't yeah. deliberately leave it off my list, yeah. but um, it's quite interesting. I, I still
1: again. I think like it's definitely not one of his more successful books. I think there is still stuff to like about Canal Dreams. but I think I it's a think bit like Die Hard. Well, see, that's the problem with it. No, he said that, that himself. Yeah. I love Die Hard. I love Die Hard too, yeah. but he, says that, he said that himself, that he realised that it wasn't entirely successful when he read what had been published and thought if someone wanted to adapt this, they could just cast Arnold Schwarzenegger in it uh, and have a completely different political message than I intended. You know, yeah. they could play it straight yeah. and it would just become this like vigilante film, yeah. you know, yeah. and um, I can see that. I think like,
0: if Again, get, perhaps yeah. he tried to be subversive. He has this yeah. uh, Japanese, I think, tell Yeah, he's Japanese. Yeah, um, as the as the heroine. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's maybe another thing too far. It's maybe yeah trying. Talk about female characters, and yeah. I realise we've been cracking on for a fair time now, yeah. but. We'll talk briefly about Wit, where the central character is, again, it's, there's a doubling, a splitting. You've yeah. got the central character of Wit, who is the chosen one yeah. in a religion, the Luscantirians. Yeah, the Luscantirians, yeah. Um, which is a kind of sect uh, where the uh, she is going to be um, the, the kind of female head of the sect. And you were talking about such a lovely relationship between Prentice and the grandmother in the crow Road, and you have this what becomes a really awful relationship yeah. between the grandfather and uh wit in um in in, in wit, and you also have the character of the cousin who runs away and ends up doing porn in London yeah uh, and it's like she has to go and and bring her back into the fold uh, it's 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 bank's commentary on on organized religion really
1: yeah, no absolutely it's, I mean. It's a great creation, like the religion that he makes up for oh, them. Yes. I mean, it's a great kind of comic. It's someone who understands yeah. religion. I yeah. Mean, he understands
0: Scottish Presbyterianism, Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, it is. I mean, he could accuse him. I think that's probably where you could start accusing him of begin to hit his targets too hard, you know, yeah. and just become. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying that. I mean, I still really like wit, but I think that's the point where he's like. Again, like Alex was saying on the phone, I have a single issue on my mind and I'm going to drain the life out of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. to, I'm going to hit it uh, as hard as I can and make sure that it is a battered, bloody corpse by the end of it.
0: I think the reason I forgive that in most of the novels is because he writes so well. Oh, yeah, no, as a there, but yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, he can, that's what I, I think Latterly, when it comes to perhaps the business even Dead Air and the steep approach to Garbordale it's like I have an issue to talk about and I'm going yeah. to use this novel to talk about it yeah. I think that becomes he, he overbankses the pudding
1: yes yeah I would I would agree with that As I, said, like, I still really enjoy the novel so it's not necessarily a demerit from my point of view but I'm saying like, if you were looking for flaws or looking for something that his detractors might latch onto then I think is maybe the starting point for that of that kind of you know that kind of focusing intently on one particular bugbear of his um, and letting it just taking it to its logical conclusion in every in every case. I still think it's a very entertaining book where, you know there's a lot going on yeah, and it's, epic- it's, it's, it's one of his biggest I think if yeah. I remember it right. I mean it's a pretty epic
0: undertaking. It's epic undertaking. and it's worth uh, every, for yeah. me it's worth every page I loved it. Yeah. I really and there's some great it. There are some great characters in it, yeah. absolutely. And it's a it's a road movie, in a sense. She it has is, to travel yeah, down travels, to London, yeah. find the cousin, bring her back, and then she finds... It's almost Wizard of Oz, in it a sense. A bit, yeah. She finds that, you know, oh, there's no place like home. Actually, home's not what you thought it was yeah. going to be. Um, yeah. Now, we're talking about Canal Dreams, not been a great novel. Song of Stone, not being a great one. I don't think the business is particularly a great novel. It's a real commentary on capitalism... Mm-hmm. It again has an s- aspect of science fiction about it this uh, or at least conspiracy about it yeah and I think Banks is probably no stranger to uh, a bit of conspiracy
1: I would imagine so yeah I don't um, know if he
0: believes in the Illuminati or not
1: or but something <laughs> like that. I'm sure he has some thoughts about uh, the 9-11 <laughs> anniversary um but uh, which of course is what Dead Air was a response yeah. to the first time right but um no, the business, you know, I, I was going to defend the business, but I realised I remember very little
0: about it, so it's okay. probably a sign that it's not... interesting um, thing about it is, it's a young, there's a young girl, Elizabeth Tellman, who is playing in Coatbridge, and again, it's one of the other times, there's a strong use of Scots used, yeah, and kind of out of nowhere, this car pulls up and says, I'm going to buy you off your parents, or yeah. something like that. You're it's bit, it's almost me. like a
1: Citizen Kane kind of thing. Yeah, story, or
0: uh, Dickens. You know, yeah, we're going to take you, young Pip, and yeah. send you away, and uh, and she gets involved in the business in inverted commas, uh, and it, it at first buys into it and thinks this is a great thing, and then realizes no, this is actually a terrible thing. Yeah, um, and you know, it's it's I think it's quite a predictable. novel it's
1: more most trotting as well. Yeah, isn't it it too, is. She, again, I didn't,
0: in, I enjoyed I pretty much enjoyed reading everything he does. Yeah, um, it was interesting. I like seeing. He's, he's a hit and miss writer yeah. and in a sense I know what he means he's hit and miss about what he deals with but I think he always entertains when he's doing it
1: yeah I think he's too good a writer to ever put out like an unreadable book yeah, you know yeah, yeah. he just has a base level of competence about him that, that is beyond yeah. most yeah, other he's a, writers he's
0: a, he's a craftsman in that sense yeah. and that's something that people often don't like to hear about the writers yeah. it's like oh the you know lightning struck me and I wrote this fantastic novel. No, yeah he, I'm looking at the 84, 85, 86, These were the yeah. novels we're that were published. And we're missing Dream, Canal, Canal Dreams, between yeah. Asperger Street and the it. it's, yeah. bit, it's the, uh, you know, Macbeth of yeah. uh, Banks novels. Um, and then you've got the the sci-fi in between. So this is a yeah. guy who, you know... Oh, says, no, he
1: was. He was a book a year for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, alternating this kind of the main, mainstream yeah. stuff with the sci-fi but stuff. I think that's know? quite
0: subversive in a way because people yeah. think, oh, well, I have to wait till the muse strikes me. And I think now people are realising yeah. you you've really got to work at it and yeah. craft it. And I think he is a craftsman. Um, just to speed up near the end because I don't think they're, they're his best work. You've got Dead Air. Yeah. Great character again, yeah. I think. Um, Not Ken Not yeah. is that right? Who is the shop jock, yeah. as you say, who is down in London, battering cocaine, sleeping with women who are much, much younger than him. And, you know, you might think that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, again, he has a heavy heart and is really, yeah. it's an unsatisfying life. It's one of the best depictions
1: as well, I think, of, I mean... I'm not actually sure I can't remember if it featured in The Guardian did their feature this past week of like the best responses in fiction to 9-11 but I think the scene uh, where they all hear about the attacks on the Twin Towers is, is, is a great one as well where they're all throwing stuff off the top of the building at the wedding Yeah. You know, where they're engaging in this kind of senseless destruction of their own and then right. at, at the same time, you know they get messages start coming through, and they find like they've thrown all the furniture, and they're trying to try and find a TV to plug in, you know, to uh, to, to watch the coverage as it's happening. And um, I think there's some nice. I, I think he's a more, you know, it's obviously political again. This whole commentary of like, you know, the,
0: I would say in day day, there are passages, and I think the same applies to the steep approach to Garberdale, um, where it becomes too much about his voice. Yeah, coming through. There's a bit where he talks about um, he compares the bodies falling from uh, twin towers, and then says, "Well, have you considered how many people die each day? And if you consider how many people that would be in yeah. those images falling?" Now, again, I'm agreeing with the politics, absolutely, yeah. but I think it's too much for people who don't agree the politics. Go oh pfft, yeah. no that's Bono. Yeah, and I think you know that's always something to be wary of these days. Is it Bono or Bo N? No. <laughs> Bohemian. Bohemian oh very good yeah <laughs> so um, yeah I think there's a and that's I think what lets dead air down it becomes it, there's bits in it which become too preacher man yeah um, and I think it seems true it's a bit of a steep approach to Garberdale hmm. which again I enjoyed but it was too much like the crow road for me
1: yeah that's, I think that's the most common complaint about the steep approach to Garberdale is it does just feel like a lesser it's another a family epic road. yeah it's I mean, not to say that if someone writes a family epic, they can never write a family epic ever again, but it is awfully, it hues awfully close to the kind of yeah. the structure of the crew this whole sense of revelations of deep-seated unhappiness of, um, uh, you
0: know. The board game is called Empire, yeah. slap about the face. I know, exactly. You know, and here's the American bad guy, yeah. slap about the thing. Exactly. It really becomes, okay, we get it, we get it. There, yeah. there seems to lose the subtlety that there was, I mean, he's not a subtle writer, but he there was earlier on. There was a lot of lovely subtle touches. If you yeah. go back to the bridge and the Crow Road, it was letting the reader come up for themselves what they thought. Yeah. There, there is a, a, a rant to an American in the steep approach to the tale, which is like Iraq War. Yeah. That is bad, and here is why. Yeah. <sighs> Again, it's the case I think if
1: you're young enough to be of that age, I think it kind of explains why he has such a big following amongst like kind of student age people because it is this whole kind of thing of. Uh, people just it's the same reason like when people who are maybe in their teens first read like Michael Moore or something and think yeah I agree with these mm. politics but then when you get on a bit and you start to realize I actually no, he can be just as bad in his way as everybody who's flinging it in the opposite direction yeah
0: yeah, you yeah, know right. uh, uh, they, yeah, exactly. you can use these
1: kind of bully boy tactics and stuff and if if someone if like Ann Coulter or Rush Limbaugh or something was throwing vitri- that kind of vitriol from the opposite side mm. and, and they do then and they're yeah. rightfully you know attacked yes. for it uh I think it's the same kind of thing with Banks I think if you're young enough to read these books and think yeah I agree with this everybody else is wrong in my opinion this is the one that's right I'm glad look I have evidence you know Um, then I think it's a great time to read it but I kind of worry that he's stuck in this quite I don't want to say juvenile because obviously he's too good a writer for that but he is stuck in this kind of Like almost, er, there is one point of view that's right, and here it is. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't really allow for a multiplicity of voices. I think, yeah, I think. And and, I mean, at least in a political sense, I don't think. I think at the end of the day, he might hear out other arguments, but he will eventually dismiss them and mm -hmm. say, no, mine is the one that's right.
0: Yeah, and I think what undercuts that, and maybe people forgiven for that and I probably forgive him for that is the kind of self-deprecating sense of humour oh, yeah. that comes through in the books but there is interesting that uh, often his interviews which uh, are, there's not a lot of interviews with him but the stuff that is you could it, you know it's almost from the mouths of the characters in, in the books yeah. now the final the, the final number we're going to talk about because um it's non-sci-fi, or at least it's a post supposed to be non-sci-fi. It's Transition, and Alex spoke about that. It's absolutely a sci-fi novel. It's um, people time-travelling, different worlds, a whole kind of uh, Illuminati, if you like, who are in charge. It's It makes me want to go and absolutely read the sci-fi, more of the sci-fi than I have, because I think it's his best Banks novel without the M um, since, probably since Whit. I would say um, you haven't read
1: it I haven't read it no and it's not through not wanting to read it or any kind yeah. of prejudice against the sci-fi it's just been a matter of no, well, I haven't no. had the time to read it um, it's the kind of thing that when it came out in hardback I thought I was still in the throes of like academic work and I thought right I'll, I'll pick up the paperback when it came out and then I've I just never gotten around to it but I fully intended it at some point before, well, before the next one anyway <laughs>
0: what's interesting to say about it then because I see Alex spoke about it it's a great it's, it's a real return to form for me for Banks um, but it is a science fiction novel. Um, is why did he decide to not use it as an e Banks well apparently in the States it is being sold as e Banks because that's how he sells in the States in much bigger numbers and he was looking at he did podcasts for it you know he was releasing yeah. it like you could go and get a chapter or a chunk at a time I remember for free, I think yeah um, so they, this was when him looking, it's interesting, it's called transition, because it really was a transitional way of him looking to say, oh, well, how am I going to get my stuff out there at a time when the question of publishing and, and is changing, and reading is changing, mm-hmm. and engaging with books. I remember the first chapter came for you
1: with a Sunday broadsheet. I think it was either Sunday Herald or Scotland yeah. on Sunday. I remember having a copy kicking about the, the house for a long time.
0: Well, the whole state of publishing is something we're going to talk about in uh, future Podcasts, um, but I think that's probably because we've been no rattling on. I can't believe we had so much to talk about. Um, Who s- would have thought? Who would Such a shy retiring flower
1: as, as Ian Banks would be Banks such a provocateur,
0: would be such a conversation yeah, starter. I, I would love to thought. know what you thought about that last uh, hour and yeah. a bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, that is the third Scotch Wayhead podcast. Thanks again to Chris, as always. Cheers for having me. Thanks mm. to uh, Alex Scroggy, otherwise known as uh, Bojos McGraw. Um, for giving his fantastic uh, take on science fiction over the phone I just hope it all comes out thanks as always to Ian for doing the uh, sound for us and we'll see you soon um, with I hope the much promised um, okay. he books okay. top five books of all time that is coming your way I do promise but until then um, cheery bye cheers mm-hmm.